Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of Sailing Uncovered. We're coming to you from a commentary booth at the Vendée Globe finish at Le Sable de Lon. With me is Sam Davis um, and, and we're sitting overlooking the pontoon where the two boats of the moment are moored. Uh, Banque Populaire of Armel Leclerc who yesterday afternoon won this race and Alex Thompson who came in a few hours ago is also moored there and he's still out there talking to the fans and doing interviews for the press which is very impressive. Yeah, um, the first thing he said was that he, need, he wants to sleep for a very, very, very long time and I can totally understand that feeling. I think, I think they keep um, plying him with uh, mugs of tea or coffee or something to, ke- to keep him going, certainly a hot drink. Um, Sam, uh, you know, the two of us were commentating on those um, final hours of the race and really the whole of the last week was phenomenal. Yeah, well, for me, the whole race is phenomenal and it always will be, but definitely this last week um, and maybe the last three weeks when um, Armel's had some unlucky weather um, and Alex has jumped on that opportunity to just reel in the miles and gone from 800 miles behind to just 30. It's just been so exciting. Um, exciting for the for the lead of the race to see um, like a race within the race and after just imagining these boats that have just lapped the planet and then our match racing back up the North Atlantic it was really exciting and um, just (laughs) unbearable to imagine the pressure that Alex was putting on Armel and totally understandable um, to see Armel bursting into tears uh, when he crossed the finish line of relief uh, to have made it without uh, letting Alex past. Sam you've competed in in two Vendée Globes could you ever have imagined it reaching such a wide appeal as it has in this edition because of that cat and mouse race. You know, it's, it's, it's made the newspapers, but it's also captured the imagination of the general sports fan, not just the sailing fan. Yes, um, I think I'm biased because I live in France now and so the Vendée Globe has been and always will be um, a massive race and, and it's, a, it's a sport that's amongst the others and, and gets equal, almost equal coverage on the front newspa- of newspapers. But um, for me the most uh, impressive and, and important thing is this match race um, for a long time between Alex and Armel who are um, international competitors and having Alex bring that international flavour to the race at, at the top from start to finish because he led also at Cape Finisterre and he's been um, a, f- a favourite to win right from the start with Hugo Boss. Um, I think there's that's the leap now and bringing the Vendée Globe into international territory and becoming more and more well known um, around the world as a sport is most impressive and you know it's becoming it's becoming to be more like it is in France um, and, and just to add to that the story of, of the chase uh, up the Atlantic uh, Alex obviously lost his starboard foil early on in the race so had to compensate for that but equally um, Armel lost a sail yeah um, and I think the key to winning a Vendée Globe is to, to win first of all you've got to finish um, and it's a very very hard race and it's all about maintaining your boat understanding it um knowing when to decelerate to let the pressure off um and um also having a great team behind you and being able to prepare yes the fastest boat but also the most reliable um with as much time as possible and as many miles as possible of experience with the boat before you start the race and and that's where we see um now it's it's all about that and the 
the distances between first and second are really small now so it's got to be you've got to make that difference but you've also got to make it around the world and not a single boat has finished without a technical problem so it's not just about having the fastest boat it's about managing um, the breakages um, without and Armel's breakage was was quite a, a significant one to handle yeah, our mail's breakage was, was significant. I, I'm not sure he hasn't explained exactly how it broke and uh, what the consequences um, immediately were the, of, of this J1 hook failure that he had um, because obviously that, that means probably that that J1 fell down and into the water um, and that in itself, managing that, not breaking anything else in the, in the process. Um, we haven't heard the, the details <laughs> of that breakage. Um, and then the, the worry for our mail that his other hooks, his, the other pieces, mechanic pieces that are holding the sails at the top of his rig are also the same identical piece and another one might break and that's pretty stressful. Um, so yeah, it's all about um, handling the boat and, and keeping it in one piece and keeping it as near to 100% as possible and, and no one finishes at 100% and you've got to take that into account when you right at the beginning of the design process. One of the most common questions uh, to the sailors when they cross that line is, would you do it again? Here's Alex Thompson's take on what he'll be doing in 2020. Third, second, then it has to be first. You can't leave it at second, but I would never be satisfied with that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a, like I say, it's a big commitment. We need, to, we need to put together, we need to look at what the landscape is, see what the rule is like. And to put together, I'll only really want to do it if we can take what we've just done to the next level. So put together a more competitive campaign, do more miles on the water, get the preparation even better than it was this time, to really make sure that we give ourselves the best chance of winning. It's, uh, you know, the, the race is a battle, it's a war, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's normal for us, but it is brutally hard. I will joke and I will laugh and I will put a brave face on it, but it is brutal. I, and, and I felt this one was more brutal than the last one. And, and so for me, unless there is the possibility or a good chance of winning and be able to put together a team of really talented people who have the right amount of time, then, uh, then I wouldn't want to do it. So definitely room to manoeuvre. Let's see how the next months goes whether we can persuade Hugo Boss to, uh, to, uh, to commit to, to looking after us and, and going, for the, going for the win, uh, whether Mercedes want to join us, whether we can continue with our people. Having continuity of people is really important and I'd love to continue working with these talented people. If we can bring the whole group together, then I'm definitely up for it. So Sam, he definitely wants to do it then, um, and it is a big, big job to get a project like this together. As far as now, the here and now is concerned, how difficult will it be for Alex to readapt? I know this is now his fourth time, you've done it twice, but it can't be easy. No, it's not easy. Um, after Ronde Globe, you've been working towards this for four years. Um, in Alex's case, he's been um, doing them one after the other, but it, yeah, it's a four-year process, a bit like an Olympic campaign, um, and everything he's been doing, and probably his whole family have been doing, have been um, with that thought about the Vendée Globe, and everything is culminating in, in the Vendée Globe, and focused on that, and, and coming back, and that's all over, um, and, and having spent um, two and a half months on his own, on his boat, with just one objective, to win the race, 
um, and to go as fast as possible um, with nothing else to worry about, think about. Um, obviously he's desperate to, to get back and spend some time with his family and rest but it's a big, uh, it's a brutal change um, which happens over a matter of seconds um, when everyone jumps on your boats and then all the media jump at you and all want a piece of you um, and that's going to that's going to be Alex's life for the next few weeks and, and uh, yeah it's hard just even small things and like yeah, having to open the mail pay the bills empty the bins and, and I'm sure uh, uh, Alex's wife is going to be only too happy and his kids and they're all going to jump at him and uh, it's going to be his turn to do all that at home too so um, there's not really much rest when you get back and just adapting talking to other people um, thinking thinking about other people because it's a selfish lifestyle out there it has to be if you want to win you have to be selfish um, and then but then you've obviously got to switch out of that and um, consider other people when you get back but it's a nice um, it's a nice way and there'll be lots of celebrations uh, when he's back home he's a great showman though um, he came and gave a, a press conference uh, soon after crossing that finish line and he had everyone all what well, there must be 300 people here eating out of the palm of his hand listening to every single word and, and the French press especially yeah Alex did an amazing uh, press conference um, and uh, yeah, he played to the crowds. Um, I'm not sure how much he's he's probably been thinking about what he's going to say. And and he, as you said, he's he's done this race before and he's done that press conference before, and he knows what um, people want him to to answer. Would Would you all like me to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> would Would you really want Would you really want a British person to win the Honeyball? So Thompson wants to be back. Armel Leclerc has said enough is enough. He's, he's won his race. He's done three. Um, but whoever takes part next time, I think there's no doubt the sailors will want to be on foils. Yes, um, I think that's quite clear now with the top uh, four. Uh, some Sometimes we're going to wait and see how Jean-Pierre Dick comes in eventually, but um, that question has been answered clearly and, and also been answered by the sailors themselves when they... Um, have been giving feedback after the finish um, that, that clearly the foils are faster and it makes the boats more fun to sail, um, not necessarily less comfortable and I think in, in some respects it's, it's better on the foils and um, so that's the way to go and there's obviously optimization and um, and changes in the design that can be done with all this feedback from uh, these first foiling boats and that's really exciting to think about and see what's going to happen. But I think with Alex's experience, you've always got to, um, for a Vendée Globe, design your boat uh, with the knowing that maybe you will lose one. And, and Alex has proved, done an amazing proof that it's possible to still perform without a foil. And, and I think the designs won't go too radical either, um, taking that into consideration. Well, by finishing second, Alex Thompson equaled the best place position for Britain in the race. The only other person to achieve that was Ellen MacArthur, who I know has watched in awe as these foiling boats have broken race record after race record. Uh, let's hear from her now. This winter has been an amazing winter for round-the-world sailing non-stop, um, full stop really. Um, so it's been pretty impressive to watch. We've had kind of highs and lows, and as you get in every race, you get you know the lucky and the unlucky. Um, you get some things you could maybe have prevented and other things that you can't. I think we, you know, we see that every time, but it's been phenomenal from a speed perspective for sure. Is it possible to predict where it's all going to go? Obviously, you sailed you know, foiling cats but, um, or multi-hulls, um, but these monohulls, and, and, uh, and as you've 
touched on already, the, the winter season in, in the Southern Ocean was, was silly season, really, the speeds uh, that were achieved. Where do you think it's going to go? I don't think anyone really knows where it's going to go. I mean, when we designed Kingfisher, one of the design consortiums was proposing foils coming out the side of the boat, and we just felt it was too early. Um, we didn't go with that option. Um, and, you know, maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong. <laughs> it's hard to tell. But, I mean, these things have been discussed for years, so it's, it's not entirely new. And then it went through the Orma 60 fleet. You had the foiling multi-hulls, and then the bigger boats went foiling as well. Um, so, you know, we do see trends come and, and, and kind of move through the fleet, and some stay and some don't. Um, but it's hard to predict where things are going to go in the long term. I mean, the boat's are getting lighter, the boat's are getting faster, and it's hard to know what the limit is, really. Right, let's get the opinions of Mike Golding, who, who joins us now. And nobody would know better about the Vande and how well Alex Thompson has done than Mike. You rescued him on, on one particular Vande. You've done it four times. You completed it three times. So, you know, no, nobody knows that race better than you. Um, sum up Alex's performance. He's had an absolutely amazing race. Uh, I mean, I've been gripped to it right from the beginning. It's the first time for 15 odd years that I've not actually been on the Vendée. So, so for me, it's um, uh, been fantastic following the race and great to have Alex there as a British comp- contender. Uh, but no, he's had a had a great race in so many respects. I mean right you know in terms of his competitive performance has been exemplary considering he broke his foil probably a third of the way into the race and then that battle with Armel just kind of continued all the way to the finish so absolutely astonishing race from that perspective but also I think he's had a stunning race from the point of view of communicating the event because the output from the from the boat and specifically from Alex has always been so positive and upbeat he's been asking answering questions from Facebook users and uh, being able to do things that I've not really seen any other sailor do in the past and partly it's because of the having spoken to him on board um, he's saying that he's using an iPhone app uh, and able to effectively do a, like a selfie, a live selfie, and just click a couple of buttons and it's sent through the, for the fleet broadband system. So consequently, rather than the old days where you used to have to get cameras and bolt them on with clamps and make sure everything was working, get your microphone out, make sure the batteries are charged, by the time you uh, got around to actually filming yourself, you were pretty grumpy mood because you wanted to eat or trim some sails or go to sleep. So I don't think we've ever seen that style before before where he literally can wait till he's in the right space in his head and say I'm going to actually do a piece now and get get effectively what must be a phone out and do a selfie which it has transformed it and it's given it a fresh I think it's given a lot of people a fresh insight into the into the race without necessarily detracting from the the image of the fact that the race is an extreme uh, extreme event is tough and that he's in a tough place quite a lot of the time yeah I think he certainly won the, the media race anyway um, you mentioned that broken foil um, what, what, what did you make of the boats uh, that raced the Vendée the foiling ones in particular well, you know, I wasn't a fan of the introduction of the foils because I see the potential problems because you, I always think, well, you know, foil, foiling is clearly a new thing that is going to spread across the world of sailing. I didn't expect it to appear on a single-handed, non-stop, without assistance race on some of the most powerful uh, 60-foot yachts you can have. It's not the place you'd test bed it. You'd start sort of smaller. <laughs> so when it happened, um, I didn't know it was the right 
right direction. But clearly, it's played a major part in uh, making the race, uh, bringing the race to the public because people are genuinely interested in the technical evolution. Um, but obviously, the teams that had foils were the teams that were best funded. And by almost default, it means it's the best sailors and the best group of people. So they're always going to be the front-running group. Uh, the oddity for me is that while we know the foilers are extremely fast, and they certainly showed that, demonstrated it, all of them demonstrated it in the Atlantic coming south when weather conditions were absolutely ideal, um, we saw very high average speeds such as we've never seen in, in any previous uh, in Mocha 6 and not just by an increment but like three or four knots faster so massive uh, massive speed gain um, what we can't see quite so clearly is what the losses are when those foils are not being used if you look at Alex's uh, situation you know he sails down the Atlantic and breaks a foil one third of the way into the race and then I wrote a, a Facebook piece at that moment saying, oh, I'm so sorry for Alex, you know, it's such, must be so gutted, him and his team have done such a great job. But I thought it was, it was like, a, like, it was like a, you know, it was all over for him. How wrong was I? Because what a performance by Alex. And, but what does that tell you about Foyce? The fact that he is sailing two thirds of the race without the foil but he still, you know, does so, does well, so yeah. well in the race. It's just extraordinary. And I think what it tells you is that the foil is not the panacea that it might appear to be. When it's fast, absolutely, it's very, very fast. But when it's slow, it's, it's just seeping away from your performance. And the oddity is, how did Alex do so well? Well, quite often I noticed that when he was on his supposedly broken side, he actually was going better in the south. And that's because he's not worrying about it. He's just driving the boat. He knows he's got no foil to break, so he's got nothing. He can just push on. Armel will have had his foil retracted, but the foil is still there. It's dragging through the water and still and potentially slowing him down. Uh, and even when he was using the foil, he'd be reticent. He'd be saying, "Oh, I mustn't break my foil. Maybe I back off, take a sail down." You know. So I think what was interesting was in the south. I think the foils weren't really working because the waves are too big. In the Atlantic, they clearly work. Coming south, going north. I thought when they got to the Cape Horn, Alex is, I thought he might get across the Southern Ocean okay, but I thought when they got to Cape Horn, Armel would just disappear over the horizon. And it just didn't happen. So I'm a little bit confused by that, and really you need to analyse. I guess, you know, Alex will know better. You need to analyse that data and figure out exactly what went on there because I really thought he'd be gone out the back door. So still a bit of a, a mystery, the foils, you know, will will they be backed? How do they have to develop them to improve them and so on? Yeah. Um, do, do you watch those videos that Alex sent back uh, during the race and think, oh, I, I, I do quite fancy doing another one of those races? Yes, it's hard not to. I mean, I, I'm tremendously jealous of, uh, of, of, you know, watching Alex perform so well. It's hard not to be jealous as well as, well as admiring, of course. But, you know, I've... I've spent a good portion of my life working on that race, and uh, and Alex and I have raced in the race 
you know, not, not together, but you know, alongside each other. So, so yeah, it's hard not to look at it and not wish to be there. But at the same time, you also watch the trials and tribulations, and and sometimes just plain unfairness of the Vendée Globe, uh, and realise that you don't miss that at all because it is a cruel event. And sailing is a cruel sport. It can be a very cruel sport. And, uh, the Vendée's been pretty cruel to a few people this time round, and you know a few people who, who, you know, on the face of it, didn't deserve it. So we've heard from uh, two of the greats of the Vendée Globe, Ellen MacArthur and Mike Golding. Um, Francois Gabar, uh, the previous winner, has also been on the pontoon to meet every one of the two finishers so far, which was, which was great to see. And he had nothing but uh, proud words for the race and for both Armel and Alex Thompson. Uh, so Francois, uh, former champion now of the uh, yeah. Vendée Globe, how, just sum up Armel's, uh, Armel's performance. I think he was one of the favourites on the starting line. He said before uh, to go that he was here to win and only to win. And the type of pressure he just put on his shoulder was not uh, easy to hold, um, especially on a race like the Vendée Globe, where there's so many things you don't control. But the job he did is just perfect because it was not easy, but he, he managed to keep this pressure, to keep this uh, high objective uh, uh, very well. And I, I, I don't know how many error he did but not so much I think it was like a clean race nothing special but no 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 bad things you were here on the pontoon to welcome back Armel and to welcome back second place Alex Thompson um, do you feel a certain nostalgia being here and seeing it is there any part of you that wishes you were there too no because I'm I'm lucky to sail on a new boat now on the Massive and it's just an incredible boat uh, and I w I'm happy to be here, I'm happy to welcome them, I, I was uh, happy to follow the race during all winter uh, because it was nice to, to look at, they were going crazy fast, the competition between Alex and Armel was uh, nice with suspense, so I was happy to be unsure, to look at it, because if I was selling I wouldn't be able to <laughs> look at this. And um, and I think they they did a great race, uh, and Armel did a wonderful race, of course. But Alex was was beautiful what he did, and I I I, way, I, I love the way he's sailing. The, I love his boat, and uh, and of course uh, Armel is nice winner, and it's also thanks to. Uh, Alex, the same as I was four years ago, my race was incredible because of Armel that just pushed me all the time. He, he, he pushed me to, to be better. And I think uh, Armel also, uh, even if it was hard, crazy hard for him in the last days, uh, I think his race uh, is wonderful thanks to Alex. And finally, any predictions technically on how the Vendée Globe might go in four years' time? What sort of crazy boats might be out there? I have no idea. We we didn't know before the start how how we'll react the foes. Uh, we we clearly know that this is a this is good. This is not maybe going. Uh, it's not maybe perfect all the time, but in s some condition, it's going very fast. And I think we're just on the start on, in this process, and I'm quite sure that uh, it will be um, 
yeah, it would it it will be thought will be on boards in the next years. I have no doubt about it. And um, I, I I hope we'll just go faster and faster. And I don't know where to go. I'm just uh, focused on mutuals right now. And uh, uh, what, what what I because I wasn't sure also this winter what I saw with Sodebo with Idek is also incredible and. Uh, they're going crazy fast. Uh, Thomas did, did last than 50 days to sail around the world. Francis is coming. I don't know if he's due 40, 41 days, but this is uh, really, really fast. And what's happening in the world, in the sailing world now, with the Vendée Globe with mill tools is, uh, is, uh, is, is nice. And I, I'm just in the middle of all of this, and I'm really happy because we have, uh, I think, uh, a lot of things to... To, to create, uh, it's maybe a new way of sailing, and I think we sailing is an evolution sport, technically, and uh, and I think we're in the middle of something that's uh, is quite big, a big change in the, in the sailing world. And impossible to predict. No, we we and this is fully. I have ideas, of course, but I cannot say <laughs> my ideas because I'm still competing. <laughs> uh, I'm. But uh, no, we, we don't know, and this is nice because if we if we know exactly what will happen, it, it would be boring. If you know before the race who will win, if you know exactly the best boats, uh, no. And uh, of course, um, and there is some ideas that maybe are not so expensive and just make a boat uh, way faster. And uh, it's good that we all have open mind to think about all of this, try things, maybe did something wrong sometimes but you cannot uh, create things without uh, doing some errors and uh, and uh, at the end you just look at uh, nice and beautiful boats and uh, yeah but it's always surprise. I just want to know about the trophy and then I'll let you go. Um, yeah. Where where have you kept the trophy for the last 12 months? Actually it's a trophy, is, uh, it's not a trophy because I have it at home still. <laughs> I have maybe to to, to check when I'm back home if it's still here, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's home. Uh, you know, I just so, uh, so you get a copy then, because I think yeah. the original. I hope that's the original no, on on no, the on the desk in front that, of our mail. That's not true. That's not true. I, and uh, and I think uh, Michelle in the past has also two at homes. Are Francois, thank you very much. Thanks. So Gabar focused on multi hulls now. Um, Sam Davis, tell us, what are you focusing on? Because I know that you want to be in the next Vendée Globe. Yes, definitely. Um, I've had my rest now and um, I'm getting a bit jealous and itchy feet and 2020 is definitely the my priority now and I'd really love to be able to find the way of getting out there as soon as possible and start preparing for um, to be maybe the Brit to try and... Um, and be up there as well and and uh, do you want a foiling boat do you fancy alex's because i think that might be up for sale soon especially if he goes for a, a, another attempt yeah i think I'm, I'll, I'll let him know that i might be looking for one uh, um, i'm lucky enough to be able to uh, hopefully this this year i am i'm going to be sailing a foiling boat with another skipper um so that's good to get my feet back on the water and um and, and get sailing again and and hopefully i've got some time as well to set my own project up and try and find the budget um, and the way to be there and be competitive in 2020 because I, I strongly believe it's possible to 
um, for a woman to win, uh, first of all. Uh, I strongly believe, and Alex has um, just confirmed, it's possible for a foreigner to win. Um, wouldn't it be great to see that in 2020? So, Sam, the very best of luck. Um, and just finally, before we wrap up the show, uh, what's your going to be your enduring memory of, of this particular race? Um, I think personally for me... Um, Despite these amazing performances, um, and Armel, one of my friends from home in France, winning personally, for me it's a family affair this year, and my partner Romain uh, is doing his first lap around the planet um, and completing his childhood dream, and, and I am his shore team and his wag and, and everything else, and living it from the other side for once, um, and it's it's opened my eyes to, to what happens on shore when we're out there as well, um, and yeah, so proud of him, and well, he's not there yet, so I've still got another month of, of nervously looking at my telephone every 20, all hours of the 24 hours a day, um, and living his race with him, and, and that's a great thing to do as well. Yeah. Roman Atanasio, uh, as we speak, um, approaching Cape Horn, we wish him the very best of luck, we wish you the best of luck uh, um, on what remains of this race as the WAG and as the shore <laughs> crew, um, and the best of luck for 2020 as well. And um, apologies uh, for giving you a cold, which I have undoubtedly done, uh, given we've been stuck in this small little cabin for the last two days together. And thanks, Alec. It's been great working with you over these last two days. And to work with a pro, um, I, I don't think I'm ready for that job conversion yet, but it's been a pleasure to work with you and learn from you. So. Well, that's all right, because I won't be going out doing the Valm Day very soon either. <laughs> thanks, Sam. OK, well, as the music starts up on the main stage and the party begins here at uh, the Vande Globe for Alex Thompson's arrival, um, I should just confirm the record-breaking times. Armel Leclerc won the race in 74 days, 3 hours, 35 minutes and 46 seconds, breaking Francois Gabar's record by about four days uh, on uh, on the previous edition and Alex Thompson on Hugo Boss came in at 74 days 19 hours 35 minutes and 15 seconds which are uh, just absolutely mind-blowing times and you, when you think that they have shaved off more than a month off the original time uh, of the first race that finished in 1990 in just over 109 days so it's been a tremendous race uh, it's been uh, an extraordinary finish between Leclerc and Thompson but the race continues and our thoughts are with the rest of the fleet of course and commiserations to the 11 skippers that have uh, had to abandon the races so far five because of collisions four because of mass breaks one's had some rudder damage and uh, one damaged the hydraulic ram used for canting the keel so from Le Sable de Lon, from me, Alec Wilkinson and, and Sam Davis, thanks for tuning in to Sailing Uncovered and we'll see you again next month. Bye-bye. Would, would you all like me to do it again? Yeah.